Welcome once again, baseball fans. It is time for the Running the Bases podcast. I am Tucker Wells, joined as always by Coach Jordan Bounds. Coach, how are you? Good, sir. Pretty good. How are you doing, Tucker? Oh, I am really well because our Falcons are now 3-0. and Every week now that we've been mentioning this, they keep winning the next one. So, Super Bowl, huh? <laughs> uh, their schedule looks good. Next six games or so. Yeah, right now. So yeah, that's true. With Drew Brees injured as well, that big Thursday night matchup may be pretty good. So, um, but of course, we're here to talk baseball. So let's do that right away. Um, put them in a ring. Take the gloves off. Who you got, Papelbon or Harper? Uh, if they're in a ring, I'm taking Papelbon. I'm guessing he outweighs them by about fifty pounds or so. Papelbon's a big boy. Yep, and he throws his arm really well and fast. <laughs> yeah. What did you think of that whole mess? Oh, I, I'm i afraid it might be old school, new school. Papelbon, uh, I mean, there are a lot of players that uh, seem to be at odds with uh, the way that uh, Harper plays the game. But uh, And I, I believe a lot of those may be this generation's equivalent to the players that were opposed to Griffey taking batting practice with his hat on backwards. I also, uh, and there are, there's some of, I mean, this is the Brian McCann's don't, uh, you know, tread on my tradition, you know, uh, don't show up uh, a a baseball that I grew up with. Get off my lawn kind of thing. Right, exactly. And I'm not certain if, there's not some of this at play here. Uh, Harper does seem to be somewhat of a punk, uh, but he is winning the MVP uh, in the National League, and Papelbon has played how many innings for Washington? Yeah. 20 yeah. Uh, you know, or so innings. Uh, he's not the person that should be speaking out in this situation. Papelbon has never been the astute um, intellectual uh, or holding the uh, intellectual barrier for uh, (laughs) Major League Baseball. Not so well-spoken, perhaps. No, no. And uh, he's done a lot of stupid things, I mean, when he was with Boston and stuff. But he has deserved the right to speak. He has been... uh, very productive has been a uh, has a lot of stats behind him that you know he can stand behind. He's been a legitimate major league star, um, World Series champion too. Exactly. I mean, you know, and uh, he will always have that. He's never been one of my favorite uh, players any more than Harper has. Um, now, uh, you saw what happened to Cam Newton uh, this. Um, this weekend where supposedly a referee said, you're not old enough to get that call. Yeah. Uh, Eddie pipes, nonetheless, right. Ed Hockley. And, uh, if I think there may be some of that at play here as well, uh, big poppy doesn't run out everything. I don't think Papelbaum was saying anything to big poppy when he was in Boston, when, uh, big poppy was popping up. Uh, uh, Cabrera doesn't run out everything hard. Uh, And it may be that the two of them are 
old enough, uh, or I mean, they, they've garnered this kind of respect. I, I don't know. Uh, it seems to me that at his age, he st- still should be running hard. Now, this is also after, you know, the the day after they get eliminated. This is also so much the problem of Matt Williams. This was like, if you weren't fired already, you are now. Oh, yeah. Uh, he doesn't even know this is going on. Right. You know, I don't know. <laughs> it's what a mess Washington is, you know. Yeah, you know, we did a podcast at the beginning of this season uh, on the great expectations that yielded poor results. Where do the Nationals, this year's Nationals, lie in that pantheon of teams that had the loftiest of expectations going into the year to fall flat on their face? There have been teams like this throughout history. I mean, you can research just tremendous flops from, you know, one year to the next. And... uh, the uh but Washington has in recent memory there have been very few teams with as high expectations that have fallen as low as they have. I mean, are they even over five hundred now? You know? Well I think they are, but I think they are, but only by a few games. Right. right. Um they are four games over five hundred as it sits right, right now. But I mean, amazingly, they're nine games back even. I mean, it's not just that they're missing it, they're missing it by a wide margin. Right, right. right. Which is just kind of unbelievable. Um, they were supposed to win by a wide margin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, last year they won, what is it, 98 games? I think they had the most wins. Right. In, maybe all of I can't remember. But, yeah, to, to have that much of a drop-off when you've added a Max Scherzer. Right. <laughs> so, fairly incredible. As far as Harper's concerned, though, you know, he is a different player than a Miggy or a Big Poppy. I mean, he's supposed to be young and athletic and five I tools agree. and the whole thing. So. I agree. I mean, it is uh, – It. I'm not real happy to see him uh, throw his bat away. And just, I mean, there, there are things about the way he plays that disturbs me, but I'm also older than mud, you know, and uh, I'm certainly <laughs> old school in that regard. Well, I am too. I mean, I think of always uh, the quote that, you know, I, I got to run hard every day because that might be the first day a kid's looking at me. Um, and I'm embarrassed to admit, I, I can't remember if that's DiMaggio or It's Gary. DiMaggio. Okay, thank God. Um, but sincerely, and one of my favorite players, I was lucky enough to meet him at one point, uh, David Eckstein had that philosophy. And I think that, you know, Eckstein didn't have near the tools that a Bryce Harper does. And so you think I, uh, yeah, sorry, David, but you, you didn't. Um, but Harper, you know, if he wants, he is, uh, without question, the most important piece of that organization. Um, if he wants to be the leader of that organization, doesn't he, isn't he obligated to set the tone in the best way possible? I don't know that he's the most important piece in that organization. Uh, when you consider how much money Max Scherzer is making uh, from that organization, Harper's not making that kind of money yet. So, uh, by all accounts, though, he will, and he's he's the total future. You know, who's to say who he's plays not every be, day? Who's to say he's not going to be in New York? You know, well, uh, true. You know, or Boston. We, I mean, uh, right now. I think Scherzer is the most, I mean, just by a financial standpoint, but I understand what you're saying. Uh, he is the face of their team, and he is uh, the, um, I mean, he's who they are hanging their star upon. Yeah, and so to that degree. If I may uh, end with a preposition, by the way. 
Uh, you so. can. It's okay. You don't teach anymore, so you won't get called out on it. Um, but the Nationals are obviously, well, not obviously, but 99.8% going to fire Matt Williams. But how much does Rizzo need to, I mean, how much, how safe is his job at this point? He brings in Papelbon. He upsets the chemistry with, uh, 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 you know, a, a chowder head like Jonathan Papelbon. <laughs> it's true. And, and, and they, they're kind of stuck with him. Yeah, uh, the uh, I don't know whether uh, you know how he can come back next year. Now that they've suspended him for the rest of the year, there's like no chance for them to, you know, these two brothers who had too much testosterone going on. That was both of their excuses, uh, you know, for them to reconcile. I think yeah. that was Matt Williams' explanation first. It was also it was also both of theirs as well. I mean, everybody yeah. was it's all this testosterone. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, they've just solved baseball psychology. That's yay. right. Uh, well, you know, and you're talking about what a, a chowderhead uh, Papelbon <laughs> is, but it seems to me that Harper is as well. You know. I yeah. Diva esque, but you're right. They have not made they have not made the right put the right pieces together. Uh, one thing that seems, and I know you're a big Mad Max fan, but he doesn't seem you know the little I've followed the Nationals, uh, he doesn't seem to be that concerned with their collapse. Just the fact that he hasn't pitched as well, you know. But yeah, well, you know. Um, the thing about Mad Max, and we saw it also with uh, Kershaw, and then again in Houston, you have pitchers openly in front of all to see being demonstrative towards their managers. Um, how do you feel about that course of action? Um, you know, uh, we're talking about players' conduct essentially. You know, when that- Mad Max is essentially yelling at Matt Williams when he's coming to pull him out of the game, what does that make you think? If you're a Nationals fan, what does that make you feel? Um, I'll tell you, if I've seen my whole life, when you look at uh, managers that have been combative with their players, I remember Pinella uh, in a fight in the clubhouse and Billy Martin and several of them, most of them <laughs> do concern pitchers. Uh, and pitchers have always gotten the kind of uh, diva designation. Uh, they're not, they don't, you know, pitchers don't play, don't act like, don't, they're different than everyday players. And it's, you look at even in amateur sports, once you are, are designated as a pitcher, I mean, and that generally happens around high school time, uh, where you're not, an everyday player when you're not pitching uh, and you become an actual pitcher. And I, I mean, this will happen on maybe some 16 year old traveling teams and, and things of this nature. From that point on, you're different than everybody else. And so pitchers are, they're the wide receivers of baseball. <laughs> not even going to give them the quarterback designation. Cause... No, quarterbacks uh, are too much like the managers. Yeah, or the catcher, maybe. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, 
Yeah. Well, I mean, it couldn't have happened to a greater group of guys, huh? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's so, so tragic for Washington. Better like next year. But we are in the stretch run, and there's much to talk about, much to debate. Um, so as we enter this final week, um, let's start with the potential wild card matchups, the final spots to be clinched, and then the playoff system in general. Um, you're the Pittsburgh Pirates. You've won 90-plus games for, I think, the third year in a row, and you're going to play a one-game playoff against the greatest pitcher in the second half of all time. So how do you feel about this? Oh, not the greatest uh, second-half pitcher of all time. Uh, well, a pitcher with the greatest second half of all time. I'm not certain. I'm, well, arguably. Uh, been and feel some, free to argue. There, who, who oh, even Doyle Alexander. I mean, there have been, uh, <laughs> been a lot of people who – had great second halves. Uh, but certainly Arietta is just, nobody wants to face him right now, period. Uh, and oh, true. The, uh, any more they want to face Kershaw or Greenkey, or, but Arietta certainly, he gets my vote for Cy Young now. Uh, but right, right now, that could change before the week is out. Uh, <laughs> Greenkey last night, though, gave up two runs early so all right but then he settled down you know uh what a great game tonight Bumgarner and Kershaw uh in a game that actually means something yeah uh but uh what what do you think if you're the Pirates uh I think right now uh you forget about trying to catch the Cardinals uh I think they're four games out now uh yeah that's essentially over they had to sweep this series right and they but you forget about it now and make sure you have Cole going for you when you face Arietta. Yeah, that game last night, by the way, that was such a Cardinals win. And, you know, very sad what happened to um, Piscotti out there. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and it was just, you know, at full speed, it was horrific to see. Um, it is a dangerous game that they play. And so glad that he is, you know, all right and stable. But the game itself, that was such a Cardinals. That's what they do. I think the Pirates had about 11 billion runners left on base and they didn't score a single run. No, I think they load the bases three times didn't score four i know four, four, four. Oh, okay at least so you know does any of the wild card matter when considering you're going to run into the cardinal buzzsaw right after that oh yeah uh, right now i i don't think the uh cardinals look that formidable uh with all of their injuries uh with yachty going out now and won't be back anytime too soon right uh the My- might have Wainwright coming out of the bullpen, though. You, you're right. Uh, what, what are they going to do? They're not going to make Rosenthal a setup man. Uh, yeah. The uh, I mean they they might have Wainwright, and that will be you know a, a boost. But they're running out of people right now, and uh, I, I certainly don't feel sorry for them. They've been able to rebound without all these people all year. So, but um, right now the Cardinals. I hate to say this, but do not seem as formidable to me. And say right, right now, uh, the two teams that seem in the National League that seem to be the strongest are the Mets and the Cubs. Yeah, to me. Yeah. So, um, so let's talk about this. Then, this is the third year of our new wild card format, and uh, or I'm sorry, the fourth year. Um, and you look at the NL Central, and it's far and away those are the three strongest teams or have been for the whole year in the national league 
and they're all in the same division and people are crying foul. This is unfair. The system is broken after four years. Um, are you wanting to change the playoff structure considering what's considering how this year has played out and how, how would you change it? Um, well, obviously people want there to be more than a one game playoff, uh, with, uh, between these wild card teams. However, if you, even if it's a two out of three, uh, then you're pushing teams back that will be inactive for a week or so. And how does that affect them? Uh, I mean, and, uh, certainly, you know, it gives their pitchers time to rest up and things, but uh, you know, I, I'm not too certain, uh, that, with the amount of teams that they now have playing, that there are too many other options. Uh, the other option is to make these playoff teams, uh, I mean, you know, the, the wild card teams play more games, but there are other teams sitting around during that time. And this is not the NBA where you can practice and stay game ready. Uh, and so I'm not, uh, and also, I mean, we're already going to November this year. Uh, I mean, the option seems to be uh, to, or the best option seems to be to shorten the season uh, and expand the playoffs from where they are now. Right. But I don't see Major League Baseball. I don't. I don't see uh, owners agreeing to just give up that kind of revenue. Well, what about if you know? And I'm I'm speaking hypothetically as to what might be possible or what they might come up with in Major League Baseball. I have my own opinions, but what if they shorten the preseason, short shorten spring training, and start the regular season in March, um, and then re realign the divisions back to like two divisions and have it be based on record alone? Well, or maybe the two division champions get home field right away and then it's based off of record for the next three like an nba structure well uh, like an nba structure in in that in that regard but still with the baseball number of teams that eligible and and series and all that you keep the one game playoff but you know all right uh in terms of pushing spring training back or uh, shortening spring training and starting the season earlier already that uh, starting the season early can be a problem in northern cities I mean we, we've in Colorado and places you know that still have snow uh, there have been many games that have been below in below freezing yeah uh, snow delayed seems, in, yeah, in right. Detroit even which... right right in, in many cities in all these northern cities and uh, scheduling is already problematic uh, and, and has become more problematic with uh, unequal, uh, I mean, with now with all this interleague stuff. Uh, I don't, who is it that's playing, is it, uh, there's some team right now that's playing uh, their last games, that's in the hunt, that's playing their last games out, I think it's Houston that's playing them out of their League, you know, they're playing interleague games right. at the end, um, and that doesn't seem right to me. I, and I, I just so I don't see you can't start uh, Major League Baseball in 
February. <laughs> you know, uh, it's just, you know, you can't play games in Boston and New York and Chicago and Detroit and Cleveland and uh, yeah. all these things in February in Colorado. You're right. It is Houston. They have to play Arizona the last three games. Right. right. Well, um, you know, let, well, the, the division aspect of this, because, you know, the more teams you add the, the, to the playoffs, as they've done now twice with or three times, um, they uh you water down the the winning of the division um i mean the current format that they have places more emphasis on winning the division but should baseball do what hockey did and realign smaller go back to just two divisions oh, I, i'm not that much against that but I, I uh i really like the format now where you have when going into August, half of the major league teams are have a chance are right. still uh, are still in the hunt. Uh, you know, and I, I grew up with uh, well to begin with with eight teams in each league. You know, and uh, it was awful in the being an American League fan. The, yeah, <laughs> because at the time I grew up, you know, by. Uh, the first of July, you were like, well, we're only 10 games behind the Yankees, you know, right. uh, no matter who you were, whether you were Detroit or Boston, or you, you know, might've been Kansas city and thinking, well, you know, our father team is, you know, doing well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, uh, better rivalries born in the division era. That is, right. that is and, the and, uh, and this, the increase of wild cards has certainly helped that. I, you know, uh, and I, you know, I, I was against all of this, you know, at, when it first happened. Now I'm just like thinking there are people that know better than I do. Yeah, it is incredibly exciting. These wild card games that are going to be next week. I mean, you just think back to last year. I mean, it, it's been a great success, unless of course you're a Braves fan. But right. we'll leave that alone for right now. Um, well, let's talk about those teams that are still in it, um, and it's all in the American League at this point. So um, coming down the stretch, the wild card, you got Houston holding on to a lead, but right behind him is Minnesota and the Angels. How about the Angels playing really well as of late? Angels had the best uh, with the Blue Jays, had the best September of any team. Yeah, so they lose Houston Street. Um, how much do you see that affecting them getting into the playoffs? And they lost another uh, relief pitcher as well. Um the uh, that could really hurt them. It really could at this point. I mean, uh, because they can't lose anymore. I, I really think they've got to win out. Mm-hmm. And then right behind them, this the surprise of the year, were it not for said Astros, Minnesota Twins. Uh, Paul Molitor, I think, should be the uh, manager of the year for the American League. You famously were saying he would hang it up. He would bail on him halfway through. I know. I know. Yeah, I don't think I was famously, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I remembered it. Yeah, all right. Um, well, let's uh, look at some schedules here. So the Angels—they're right now playing Oakland. Seems to be a bit of an advantage for them. And then they finish out the year with the Rangers. Um, a lot of people are saying this is why you might as well just pencil in Houston um, for the second wild card. Uh, do you think that the Rangers will already be clinched at that point and not be as formidable? Um, I think it's possible. 
Yeah, you know, I think it's possible because they're going. If they've already clinched, they're going to get their pitching in order. Okay, so then does that swing favor towards Angels or keeps it with the uh, with the Astros? I think that keeps it with the. I mean, if in their last three games they uh, are purposefully not starting Hamels, uh, and that's going to give the team that they're playing an advantage. Yeah kind of basic logic there but i've long thought this conspiracy theory as far as spoilers are concerned how much do you think the rangers would just tank to to ensure that they're playing not the uh uh the astros or would they wouldn't they want to beat the angels to make sure that they're going to play the astros or the twins no i don't think they're going to manipulate anything uh to desig- to help designate who they're going to play. And mm-hmm. I believe that's always the case. Uh, baseball, you take care of yourself and let other things uh, fall into shape. Uh, that's a fan's game. Yeah, that's true, which is why I always think of it. And then for the Twins, they have two more with Cleveland, and they uh, close out with the Royals. So same kind of scenario. Would you think that the Royals, there's not much left for them to do besides getting the best overall record in the American League. Um, How likely do you think we might be tied for have a three-way tie for the wild card at the end of this, at the end of this year? Oh, I think that would be great. I do too. I would love to see anything that just throws the biggest wrench into the system. I'm for it. One of the greatest races, uh, that I can remember was before uh, the division play when in 67 you had uh, Baltimore, the Red Sox, the Twins, and the Tigers all like within a game or two of each other going into the last week. Uh, Just, I mean, uh, and the the possibility of even a four-team playoff existed. Uh, The... uh, just yeah, that, that's great stuff. Yeah, and again, to complement our new playoff structure, it seems it's been like this since this fifth, you know, this one game playoff. Right, right. Um, so again, got to give credit where credit is due. Um, but all that kind of the same argument about the Cardinals. Will it matter when you're going to run into the Blue Jays buzz saw? And how about those crowds in Toronto? Uh, it's great. And uh, Tulo is saying he'll be ready for the playoffs. Uh, the uh, everything is so positive up there right now. It's great. Uh, I uh, I would love to go to a, uh, a playoff game up there. That would be so much fun. Yeah, yeah, it would be. I mean, a Toronto Cubs Toronto Mets World Series would be well worth the investment for to be just one of those games in either city, in any of those three cities. Yeah. yeah. Um, you got long suffering fans across the board. Of course, the longest going to the Cubs. Um, that's without question, but I always feel, uh, needs to be mentioned. (laughs) I don't think you need to mention that. I think everybody's got that pretty much down by now. I I mean, probably so somebody who's not even quite sure the size of baseball (laughs) probably realizes that the Cubs haven't won forever. Yeah. A lot of infants in Chicago, their first words are poor Cubs. So, um, so, uh, and now this begs some awards questions in the American league about Cy Young. My pick is looking pretty good. Mr. David Price. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even want to say anything about my pick. No. Uh, the uh, isn't he in like in Triple A now? <laughs> the uh, uh, I Price does look good. Uh, however, he's got somebody in Houston that's going to have something else to say about it, and he will. The uh, Price doesn't need to pitch another good game. Yeah. Probably won't. Yeah, and and how much does the the end result? Uh, do you think uh, will play into it? Considering that Corey Kluber won it last year, although he was the better pitcher in that league. But for like Houston, for example, if they don't make the playoffs and Keiko's last game that he pitches, he loses, well, you know, is that going to weigh in? Supposedly they vote before the playoffs. Well, they uh, do. I mean, and uh, but after the season. Uh, yes. And that's what he's got one more start, you know, and I think, it will depend on how well he does in that start, whether he wins the Cy Young or not. Yeah, but he does well. But Astros don't make the playoffs, and you know, I think if he do, if he has a really good Cy Young type game, his last start, I think he wins it. Yeah, and then uh, manager, let's say he doesn't win the Cy Young, uh, Keuchel, and it goes to David Price. Um, do you feel Hinch should get? Get the manager of the year because you got to give Houston something, yeah, right? Right, right. Um, if you were a voter, would well, you would I, you think in that in that structure? No, because uh, it's not little league. No, I, I, <laughs> we don't all get a trophy. Yeah, uh, sadly, I. The, the, they're very possibly going to have the rookie of the year. Uh, it's going to go to a shortstop, either you know one in Cleveland or one in Houston, one or the other. Yeah, well, that's true. All right, so now the National League. Um, how do you feel if you're Zach Grinky right now? Oh, I I think I'm going to make a lot of money next year. <laughs> All right, that's good. That's the right answer. Um, and Mr. Arietta, he's in Chicago. He's got 21 wins. He's gonna. You know, I watched him. It was a Sunday night, and he's just uh, right now. He looks to be the best pitcher in baseball. Yeah. Right now, you know, and just you can't. I mean, he's like one of these guys that is he going to throw a no hitter tonight? Yeah. And, uh, you know, that was Scherzer earlier in the year, and Grinky's got the numbers for the entirety of the year. But considering just how good the second half has been, and it's not as if his first half was any any bad, yeah. I think he I think he's got to win it, you know? Right now, he seems to be the man. Yeah, and he's pitching seemingly in bigger games, even though he's got a you know he Lester was the number one going in. Now he's the number two, and but Grinky has a number one in front of him that's pretty good. So, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so I'm giving it to Arietta. Um, what about MVP starting in the American League? Uh, in the American League, uh, I would give it to Josh Donaldson. Um, Although Trout still has the better war and uh, some numbers. I mean, uh, I do think it's um, interesting uh, or commendable that the best players in the uh, American League MVP hunt are all-around players. They are great fielders and great base runners. They are great baseball players. They're not Cabreras. They're not people that are just going out and hitting the snot out of the ball. Yeah. Donaldson, um, first of all, Joey Bats, he is looking finally completely healthy. 
Um, He had two outfield assists against the Yankees in a big game that were laser beams shot out of a cannon. Um, But one going to Donaldson, Donaldson made like a 360 spin to get the runner. That team is so much fun to watch. And we need to credit uh, that they've got three hitters with 30 plus home runs and 100 RBIs. Mm-hmm. When's the last time that happened? Uh, I don't know. I can remember the uh, the Braves. I think in '71 or '72 had uh, three hitters with 40 home runs. Uh, the in uh, Evans, Johnson, and Aaron. Uh, it's happened. Uh, I remember the Dodgers. I think had uh, they had Baker and. Uh, Reggie Smith, I think, say, and Garvey. I'm not sure. The uh, They had, uh, sometime in the 70s, this happened. Uh, it's happened, but it, it's rare, and it's part of the air that is up in uh, Toronto right now. But they're not just all home runs. You no. Know? And that's, uh, which is, you know, it's good for their ballpark. Uh, the ball does fly out of there. Yeah. Well, Toronto, I believe, is the clear favorite in the American League. Um, would you agree with that? They're the most complete team. Um, and not just complete, they've got top of the line. I mean, they they very well have the Cy Young and the MVP sitting on their same bench. For a couple of starts, the same thing could be true of the Nationals. Uh the, uh, well, but I'm talking about reality here. <laughs> well, I mean, the Nationals probably will have the MVP. Uh, the uh, and the Cy Young on the Blue Jays hadn't been there all year, so you know. Uh, but I'm talking more. I, I'm, I've shifted a little bit towards the playoff. Like who's no, right. who's the favorite in the American in, right, League in the playoffs? Uh, it, right now, it certainly seems to be the Blue Jays. I think it is. I I couldn't tell. I mean, who poses the greatest threat to the Blue Jays right now? I, I would have to say Texas does, uh, and that's hard for me to say. I don't think they have anywhere near the complete team uh, that some of these other teams have. But uh, they have a pitcher who has pitched in this type of situation before, who could carry them through a couple of games, and uh, they are playing uh, for the last couple of months as good as just about any other team. Uh, I don't think the Angels pitching, uh, I don't think they have enough. Um, I, I just can't. Um, the Yankees, I no, I don't believe that. Uh, the uh, Yet somehow they're there. Yeah. Uh, the Twins, um, no. Nah. I, I just can't see it. Kansas City, they, Kansas City does not want to play in Toronto, uh, that ballpark, you know, they want to play in a big yard, uh, yeah. where, and the, uh, so I don't know, uh, right now I, I was, I would think Texas actually has, and I, I think they're one of the weaker teams that are in the playoffs, but in terms of going against the blue Jays, they may stand up a little bit better than some of the other teams. Yeah. Well, it's just fascinating to me in this year that the um, National League, really hard to pick the most dominant team going into, you know, true postseason baseball. Um, And yet in the American League, it seems a lot more clear. Um, And then ironically, so American League will have home field in the World Series. So, man, that stuff's just awesome. You can't write this stuff only in baseball. 
Um, so MVP in the National League, is there even a discussion to have? I don't think so. I don't think so either. So there you go, Bryce Harper. Kudos to you. <laughs> we trashed him enough in the first part of this show. Yeah. So, and I mean, it, it's really a, a season for the ages for him. I mean, 40 plus, he's leading the lead in home runs and RBIs and slugging and on base and all these different things. Yeah. And so, how do you so, not give it to him? I, I do you, on a yeah. team that has so underperformed. Yeah. It's, uh, it's Steve Carlton esque. All right. All right. To close out here, we would be remiss not to talk about the passing of Yogi Berra. Um, coach, what can be said that hasn't already been said about Yogi? Oh, not much, not much. Uh, yeah. The, uh, I mean, and just a true American hero, a silver star winner at Normandy. You know, uh, the uh, coming off the hill in St. Louis. You know, everything about him is so, uh, so storybook. Somebody that made non-baseball fans smile all the time. Uh, the uh all of the countless yogiisms uh just uh a Casey Stingle saying what do you uh hold as the key to your success and Stingle saying I never play a game without my man uh being yogi uh you think of all of the images of yogi berra throughout time i mean the uh from seeing his back turned uh with Mazeroski's ball goes out in 1960 at Forbes Field, seeing uh, his jumping up into the arms of Don Larson after the no-hitter in the uh, the perfect game in the World Series, Uh, seeing him jump up when he doesn't make the tag on Jackie Robinson stealing home. I mean, all all of these uh, just... uh, as his skills as a baseball player almost forgotten you know he was like yeah. one of the greatest ever uh the I, I know there was there's been some discussion recently you know as whether he's one of the five great yankees and uh this was like knocking uh your holiness jeter out of uh the top five and i i really haven't thought about who are the top five but to uh put jeter in uh Barra, I, no, no. There's no contest, <laughs> right? I, you know, I we mean, can go that. We could go that route. It's it would be Ruth. Uh, it would be Ruth. It would be Gehrig. It'd be Barra. It'd be Dimaggio, and then be Mantle. I I think that Jeter doesn't even he doesn't fit into that. No, I mean Jeter. I'm not taking you know, saying you're not better than Yogi Berra is not tearing apart uh <laughs> well, that's Jeter. true uh, but, and saying that he doesn't uh reach a top five considering who does that's right, right. yeah that's not necessarily i think jeter true. has a better chance of uh because he was such a compiler uh as being in that top five more than uh than mantle more than barra uh-huh. i would i would have barra in my top four yeah well here's a more fascinating uh thought Next to Babe Ruth, do you think there's a bigger star, a more recognizable baseball figure than Yogi Berra? Recognizable to whom? Just transcends the game at large. This is something that Peter Gammon said in paying tribute. He said that arguably Yogi Berra is the second most recognizable baseball player worldwide, the biggest baseball star in the history of baseball next to Babe Ruth. The... 
and I understand what Peter Gammons is saying, and much of me uh, agrees with that. However, there's so many more people on this earth today than there were in 1956. Uh, so to say uh, that he is the most recognizable, I mean, I, I don't, uh, you know, I, I don't know that I can say that in, in terms of numbers. It may be that there are a whole lot of people in China that uh, <laughs> recognize and see baseball uh, starting with Ichiro, you know, uh, True. and that he is, you know, such a hero throughout Asia that, uh, you know, in terms of the number of baseball fans, you know, I don't know that I can say that. Uh, I certainly, uh, and, and Yogi, there's no getting around it, he did look unusual and that added you know the smile uh on uh that face and everything that uh you know that helped him transcend just the game itself um but i'm not willing to say that he's the most recognizable in the history of the game that that's something that's beyond my knowledge yeah and i think in all i think beyond mr gammon's knowledge as well i don't think anybody can really say that yeah. You have to have a human geographer uh, really figure that out. <laughs> well, I, I think the greatest thing, uh, well, not the greatest thing, but one of the great things I would say about Yogi is that, you know, I remember growing up and in, in following the Braves and, and growing into being a baseball fan that, you know, those who didn't know baseball knew Yogi Berra and, and that his ability to, his Yogiisms as they are, to bring people who didn't know anything about baseball and just be interested in it because they were interested in him, you know? By the way, is Yogi Bear the cartoon? Is he named after Yogi Berra? That's a good question. Let's look that up real quick. Because uh, I believe I knew who Yogi Bear was before I knew who Yogi Berra was. And I think that's probably true of a lot of young kids. Yeah. Um, Let's take a look here. It's according to this, the Hanna-Barbera that created Yogi Bear denies that it had anything to do with Yogi Berra, but that would seem a bit apocryphal. And economical. Yeah, true. Um, but, uh, you know, all right, so favorite yogiism to close out. All right, not necessarily a yogiism, but there he's at some function and... Uh, and I don't know if it was the mayor's wife, uh, the mayor of New York's wife, or the governor's wife, which would have probably been Rockefeller's wife at that time. But uh, Yogi shows up, and he's got uh, this light-colored suit on with a big brim hat, a big straw fedora, and uh, the uh, the honorable's uh Wife says, "Well, Mister Barry, you're not. You're looking pretty cool this evening." And Yogi said back to her, "You're not looking so hot yourself." <laughs> that is a good one. Forgotten that. My favorite, and this may seem insulting, but really, it's not. It plays into what I just said in complimenting his star outside of the game, but his Affleck commercial, one of the great commercials of all time, and they give you cash, which is just as good as money. <laughs> yeah. 
So, all right, coach. Well, exciting to finally be, uh, finally, we're at the penultimate moment before October. I could not be more excited. How excited are you? I'm excited. Uh, it, this has been a great baseball year. There, yeah. ha- I mean, uh, it's really too bad the Braves haven't been a part of it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it has been a great baseball year. It has. We'll have much great recounting to do on this year when it's all said and done. And it's shaping up to be a fantastic October. So, so I can't wait. Let's get to it. Wish it was next week already. But thank you, as always, to all of you listening on runningthebases.com. You can download our podcast at soundcloud.com slash runningthebases or find it on iTunes. So for Coach Bounce, I'm Tucker Wells. This is the Running the Bases podcast. We're coming into home and we're safe. Good night, Coach. Good night.